0: Hello, and welcome to the Presenting Complaint podcast with me, Adam Norton, and
1: me, Dr. G.
0: Yes, I, I must say, Cena, I noticed when you came on, you're looking, I don't know, have you had a haircut? You're looking oh, good today. No. <laughs> and I think your, <laughs> I skin, your skin's glowing.
1: That's very nice. Thanks for saving it for the podcast to compliment yeah. me. Yeah. So, well, I've been having a, an absolute nightmare, and this always happens every time I move to a new place. Uh-huh. So I've been in Carter for like four months. again so I'm like right hunt for the barber and I went for the first guy it was great okay then I couldn't he wasn't open the next time because he kind of basically I found out today he does like four well three days a week he's construction worker and then on the side he's got his own barber place just him working right and he did such a good job quick efficient you know got his margins perfect and then I went (laughs) to some other guy and he just shaved the whole thing off and I was like whoo. (laughs) <laughs> so literally the four months i've been here instead of going like every three weeks to get a haircut i've i've had about two haircuts because i was waiting for it to grow back so thank you very much sorry yes I no looking smart that. mate and, and yes, i had mate. the
0: exact same thing to be fair because when i moved to catrick i had my set barber in leeds i was like every time amazing and you were, you were I, fresh I was, every time yeah and i was really scared moving up here and then there was a barber shop literally two doors from my dental practice like, <laughs> Or like you know so i tried them and they're consistently amazing and it's really good so So, yeah yeah, i um, can just walk out at five or half five walk straight into the barber shop and then get home which which is which is very convenient it's lovely (laughs) yes okay but yeah so today we have another guest a very exciting guest it's someone who probably has contributed to me graduating from dental school as much as any of my tutors Um, And that should be a big hint to a lot of people because he had an amazing uh, series on Unseen Vibers, which I saw blew my mind and then just showed it to all my friends. And it also, they found it just incredibly, incredibly useful. I've been following him for a long, long time on Instagram. I've been really wanting to chat to him because also he just seems like a lovely person um and now he you know it seems like his work you know you can watch it from fd and just getting better and better and better um so yeah really excited so we've got uh, brandon tiller or you might know him better as uh tiller talks teeth so hello brandon and uh, welcome to the show
2: yeah thanks for having me to be honest i'm I'm fuming because i actually got this cut yesterday as well
1: but yeah. no one's noticed <laughs> no 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 i was thinking it though so i was like this guy but you're always fresh you know the thing is you've got to let it look horrendous and then snap into it you know
0: yeah, i always get it done lunch,
1: like you guys, um,
2: a couple of doors down from where i'm working and get it done at lunch come back nurse's reception no
1: right. no <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. god forbid if it's
1: them they'll be like do you not notice anything about my hair i literally like dyed it or something it's like, okay, but some,
0: sometimes that's a good thing as well because if it's a bad haircut or it's something too severe then you know yeah everyone true. notices if it's natural oh, no. that, you know it's like uh like turkey teeth and i guess good yeah. got some good natural composite bonding it's you know sometimes you want it to be <laughs> yeah, uh I love it.
1: bring it back the teeth yeah yeah <laughs>
0: you want it to be natural so yeah um so i think we'll start just a little introduction from you brandon for anyone who doesn't know you and then we'll uh, we'll jump into some some questions and stuff
2: yeah sounds good um so yeah really appreciate you guys inviting me on it's, it's quite a humbling experience um Aww. just so to, to the viewers know i have a wisdom wisdom tooth taken out yesterday so a little bit worse <laughs> for where um but but yeah, appreciate appreciate the kind words before. So if you do know me, uh, you might know me best as, as Tiller Talks Teeth on Instagram. Set that up, probably. Well, actually, it started as a fitness page back in my first degree, and then I kind of like wow. turned it over into a dental account when I was at uni. Um, so I graduated from from Barts and the London in 2021. Newer people might know it as Queen Mary, um, but we don't really we don't really talk about that. <laughs> and then, yeah, did my foundation year, endorse it, and then have jumped straight into private practice in London, and now second year of associate, and just just loving it and learning every day. And it's just
0: it is the best career. It's it's so mm-hmm. so good. Nice. Amazing, amazing. What did you do your sorry, what did you do your degree in before dentistry and did you always want to go on and do dentistry?
2: No, so I did, Um, I, I was kind of classic,
0: doing well in school,
2: wanted to be a doctor you know, mm-hmm. 17, 18 started to drive, started to go out a little bit, grade <laughs> slipped but didn't get into, into classic. medicine. Classic. Did biochemistry in Southampton and uh-huh. never really planned dentistry and, and they didn't really know how to helped me get into it i remember speaking Mm -hmm. to my personal tutor and he didn't even know which unis offered it um and i kind of had a chat to people about you know medicine versus dentistry and i just thought the flexibility dentistry gives you is is really really nice so it it sounds a little bit selfish but i went into my interviews and i was quite honest and i said from a lifestyle perspective like i need i need that um and uh-huh. it's just it's been the best decision i've ever made really has and jumped jumped in and, and loved every moment of it so far
0: amazing amazing yeah i mean i, I always seem to think find and anyone who comes in post grad and has really um you know chosen dentistry and just after doing a degree before they they tend to appreciate the fact that they've got onto the course a lot more and then they they really get they, they've had their parting they've had their kind of three years degree and got that all out and then just jumped straight in from day one was that you and what kind of student were you kind of coming up
2: yeah i mean <laughs> the experience is very very different don't get me wrong mm-hmm. dentistry is is so much harder than biochemistry so mm-hmm. it, it's chalk and cheese. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I guess the, the funniest thing coming to uni a second time around is you realize what first years are actually like. And I was probably exactly the same at my <laughs> first year. So I, m- I remember when the first lecture finished and, and people started to clap. And it's like, <laughs> at the Moment, you know, those people, it's like when an airplane lands okay, and everyone stops.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like,
2: shut and up. There. And you sit there thinking, you know, God, was I like this three years ago? Yeah. And I probably was. Um, but I mean it's doing it post-grad it's it's nice because you do have that experience of you know what to pick out from the content I guess you know that a lot Mm -hmm. of the especially in first year a lot of the lectures are fluffed up with history and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, so you're able to differentiate those bits quite quickly but in terms of lifestyle I mean jump straight into the sports teams and definitely went out with the social aspects and, and got a good kind of uni life balance and towards the end it gets a bit of a drag you think my mates are a long qualified earning money going on holidays it, it gets mm-hmm. very difficult though.
1: yeah
2: it, it like you know the five years flies by
1: mm. you've unlocked like a core memory there sort of with the clapping and i remember so well <laughs> that one of our lecturers in first year was actually like he was like oh it's actually quite refreshing that you guys didn't clap and little did he know the whole class was just hung over from like Freshers Week. So any loud noises was going to set everybody off. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, so we'll, I guess we'll jump into some dentistry chat and uh, let's start with something fairly topical because DCT applications are, are open right now. They opened um, yesterday or the day before. I should know that because that's something I have to consider if I'm going to do, but they are open, yesterday. I think, till, till the In end the of January. February. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, um, you, you mentioned you didn't do DCT, you went straight into private practice. Was that something that you considered and what were the kind of benefits and pros and cons basically? And is it something you regret not doing or you're happy? And, uh, maybe some of your friends, what, how have they found their experience if they did do DCT compared to kind of where you're up to now in your career? Mm. I think, I think it's, it's a really important question because foundation
2: year is it's a huge jump from uni. And it flies by. And then you're stuck with this decision. I mean, you're halfway through your year. Yeah. Now you're thinking, do I need to apply for jobs or do I need to apply to go into hospital? And you think I've barely even touched the surface of, yeah. of the industry. Um, mm-hmm. And I was chatting to to Milton. You'll you probably know him who went to Barthes. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what his Instagram handle is. Um, um, one I mean, of the four that does the, that's yeah, the that's one. Yeah, <laughs> And I was chatting to him the other day and he was asking about DCT and why I didn't do it. And honestly, I just think one, I love general practice. I just mm-hmm. think it's for me. Like building rapport with patients, taking them through that journey is just I just I just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. The second I said to him, I was like, look, I'm a little bit older than you. You know, I'm a different point in my life. I don't really want to deal with the hospital rotor, to be mm-hmm. honest. My wife's a doctor and I know how kind of up and down it is with her. And I just nice. thought you know, we've moved house, we're getting married, going to have a kids. I just want that stability right now. Um And, and specialty training was not for me. I like just doing kind of general bits of, of everything and trying to master the craft there. Mm-hmm. So no, I have zero regrets about doing it. But if I was in your position, I was a little bit younger. One to two years out of your whole career is is no time at all to get that mm-hmm. experience, I think working in a hospital from from what I've spoken to people can I mean it turns you from a boy into a man it really does yeah. learning about managing patients managing long shifts um, shift work it's all just it's lifestyle stuff as well as as well as dentistry but yeah zero regrets I've spoke I've got friends who from my year who are doing DCT and I think it's like everyone you speak to it's kind of a mixed bag some have really good experiences some not so good but
1: enjoying it nonetheless Mm -hmm. a lot of it is sort of um you know what posts have you got where have you been put and and are you making the most out (laughs) of it but the funny thing is i'm going to assume that that's the same thing about then if you're going to go into general practice whether it's private or nhs it's all about your place who you're working with have you got a mentor things like Mm -hmm. that and i think it's something that some people need to there's dct sort of has just in terms of the amount of applications has gone up and down so much mm-hmm. they used to start off that everybody went for it now it's dying down then it went up again and and again like it are sort of at the time where it's dying a bit down again and um i think that people get so stressed out about you know should i do it like what, what if i don't do it and i regret it and, and it's one of those things that if you don't do it and you spend next year in practice you haven't closed the door you can go in afterwards but i knew i was the kind of person that once my salary goes up i'm gonna find it very difficult to bring that back down because my lifestyle will match that you know so so i knew you know i played to my strength there um and and i'm glad i did because i also find practice quite stressful um not that dct isn't but time stress is is away from me which mm. which is something that was actually very stressful for me uh, and all the stresses are, are different. I get more complexities and I'm stressed. Well, can I actually do this? But I'm okay because I know everybody's around me. But for for you then, what was going through your head whenever you, okay, you decided, yeah, I'm going to GDP. What was your steps after that? What was your sort of thought process?
2: Mm. I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head that every person's experience in FD is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are suited to general practice. And there are people suited to the hospital. I'm sure that you know as much as anyone that DCT compared to university hospital is is completely different. hundred percent. And just because people haven't enjoyed FD, maybe they're in a bad practice, doesn't mean they won't enjoy general practice. But to have that year in, in hospital just to dip your toe in the water and say, you know, is this something I actually like? It's not a year wasted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd always, even, I don't know how it works, but you can obviously apply mm-hmm. rank and then reject a role as
1: well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. That's why yeah. I'm telling everybody at the moment, that, like yeah. if you don't know what to do, unfortunately the application comes quite early on in the year, where especially after that Christmas when you've just started, after you've had a breast, you you know the practice now, you know your teammates, yeah. now you're actually starting to get a bit brave and starting to you know dip your toes properly into the water in practice. So I say, look, you probably don't, you're going to change your mind a hundred more times mm-hmm. in the next few months, but just apply. Cause you're not going to lose anything. Apply it, see it to the end, see it to the interview, see it to whatever, the SJT, just take it when you need to until you know for sure what you want. And for me, I always say the rule of thumb is once you get your place <laughs> and you see where you're going and what you're doing, you'll know instantly if you want to do it. Yeah, exactly that.
2: And I think, um, it's the same if you're applying for for general practice, you can apply you can go to an interview you can get a job offer but until you've signed that contract mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want and you like you said you'll know in your heart of hearts if that's somewhere that you want to go mm-hmm. um, but for for me gearing up towards applying for that even though DCT DCT application seems early i would say to any fd now you've got to start thinking about where you're going to be in september because mm. Things you've got to think, where are you going to, where's your location going to be? Is it mm-hmm. somewhere you're going know, to be moving back home or moving to a different city? Then you've got to try and find, well, what's the type of practice that I want to be in? Is there a particular person that I want to work with? Mm. And then I think I applied for my roles, I want to say in April time. Mm. And you need to be applying with a portfolio and that portfolio needs to have good photos on it. Um and again, that takes time because you're not going to have one day where you're just going to take a whole portfolio's worth of pictures. Yeah. That might happen in cases over weeks and months. So you need plenty of time to prepare for that. Yeah. If you take a photo that's not great, it gives you a little bit of time to kind of say, right, I can I can focus on getting another picture of, of me doing a restoration or mm-hmm. cementing an onlay or something like that. So I think starting in January time is, is key. Yeah.
1: That's, mm-hmm. that's massive. And, then, and we've talked so many times, have been out Adam? about how important taking photos is for a vast number of these reasons. But mm-hmm. you've touched on a really big one, Brandon, which is where um, sort of I was actually one of the few things I was very good at being consistent on was taking photos. And it's those cases where you get surprised how deep yeah. the carries is and you actually surprisingly do a really good job. And I'm like, oh, thank God I've got a photo. And, and I, because of the DCT page, <clears throat> especially in Wales, um, I've I'm doing uh, a private, GDP job every other Saturday, and I was so grateful that I had a nice collage of photos to put into my application. Whereas a few DCTs who want to do the same definitely struggled with that. Yeah. Um. Now, whenever you then got to the end, and and what what was your decision then to go private instead of NHS at that time?
2: It it wasn't a decision based on something I wanted to do. I was happy to go mixed. Um. I didn't have the greatest experience. NHS in FD, I tanked my SJT and got kind of just got put into Dorset. And Mm -hmm. it was a practice where it was very much a village practice. Everything Mm -hmm. was about them Mm -hmm. slapping it in GI, temporizing. It wasn't dentistry that I liked to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, private, private gives you the opportunity to do work with good materials, work with flexibility of time. Um, whereas NHS doesn't, but I also appreciate that it's hard being the private dentist because not everyone has access to private, private care mm-hmm. as well. So I wasn't really too picky. That was kind of bottom of my priority list. When I speak to FDs about, um, applying for jobs, I say, do not chase cash mm-hmm. and do not chase private too early. Um, I would say location is so important and and like i said finding it someone who who can learn so the way that i decided where i wanted to go is i'd already bought a place in london with my my wife so i knew that's where our base was going to be and what i did is i just dropped a pin into google and i just put a five mile radius around because i was like right i'm going to cycle to work most likely Nice. and then i found and it took ages um i was living in dorset on my own during the week so i had the luxury of time um, and it took ages. And I just found every single practice and put them in a spreadsheet. And I thought, mm-hmm. right, is this the place that I can see myself working? I looked at who the who the principal was mm-hmm. to see what type of work they did, checked out their Instagram again to see what type of work they did. Mm-hmm. And then you can narrow it down. I had like a traffic light scheme was like red, absolutely no chance. Yellow, I'm open to. Mm-hmm. Green is like an ideal place for me. Um, and I was so fortunate that I saw an advert on indeed uh, or something like that and i just dropped them instead of applying through that i actually emailed the practice directly mm-hmm. with my portfolio and i said you know i love the work that this principal does and i think it's someone that i can learn from and i said you know i'm not the polished article yet nice give me some time and I'll, I'll get there um and she and i said i asked for feedback at the interview and i said you know you must get hundreds of applications what kind of made me stand out yeah. And she said, obviously, first was having a good portfolio with, with pictures and things like that. And the second was, it wasn't just generic. It showed that, you know, this is what I want out of the job. And this is what yes. I can offer that job as well. Because you need to be picky with with what you want from the practice, but also with what you can offer them. Because I had interviews at other places who told me, you know, they said, look, with all respect, it's, it's a bit too soon for you to work at a place like this. I think you need to get some more experience. But... Someone will, will take a punt on you um, and it's, it's just what you got to do.
1: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I, I love how you, sort of methodical you were, but what's really interesting is that in my head, compared to how most of my friends were sort of finding their first jobs after FD, you almost worked backwards, which makes more sense to me. You said, right, This, these are the, the, you know, oh, I think we're so good at being so caught up in the dental field you know we put that above everything a lot of the time but you got your core principles you got the the family you wanted to raise the location you wanted to be in you got the thing you wanted to keep up with 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 regards to cycling and you made it fit that which i think is very nice so um and and i'm definitely gonna use that traffic light system that's amazing Mm -hmm. Uh
0: so um you were saying like so say in fd you maybe weren't in An environment that really supported the dentistry you wanted to be able to do and say there's some of our listeners who might feel like they're in that environment but they still want to aspire to do you know uh, you know good dentistry adhesive materials blah 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 what were how did you kind of manage that was there anything that you were able to focus on maybe building communication skills treatment planning or did they give you a little bit of leeway to do some you know posterior composites and Try that stuff out. Use rubber dam. Um So anyone who's in that position, what what could they, what could they do? Yeah, it, it's really tough. It is really
2: tough, and I know that some people have, have just do have quite a bad experience. I think the first thing you have to be in is you have to be honest with your es. So on the first day, we kind of set out expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it wasn't the greatest place to work, I did have the luxury of kind of I was allowed to do what I wanted to do within the mm. NHS contract. So yep. either he didn't know I was doing kind of mm-hmm. EMACs on back teeth and posterior mm-hmm. composite, or he didn't mind. I'm not not too sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, the first thing is you ju- you've just got to be honest with them and, and upfront with them. And it's the same with the team that you're working with as well. Every time I get a rubber dam out, my nurses would sigh and sigh and (laughs) sigh. Because when you're an FD, rubber dam can take ages. It it can be the most infuriating thing. But I think if the first time you get it out and they sigh, if you put that back in the cupboard, it sets a precedent.
0: It's big
2: time. And at the end of the day, you're the only person that signs those notes. You have responsibility Mm -hmm. for every single bit of work you do. And you have to be comfortable doing that work in an environment you want. Um, but I, I mean, you've nailed it by saying basics like communication, treatment planning, these are all the things that you should be should be developing in your foundation year. What I like, like to do is, like I said, I had loads of time in the evening. I used to send a lot of my notes home and, and do my treatment planning at home because when you're seeing 20 patients a day, it can be quite, mm-hmm. quite overwhelming. And then you get a little bit more time to just step back and say, "Actually, I, you know, maybe I missed this on the X-ray, or I didn't explain this properly." And then you can call the patient back in and say, "You know, this is this is how I'd like to go about it." But um, yeah, I mean, it's it is a tough it is a tough world, but you just got to try and make the most of it. Yeah, definitely. And
1: like that sort of rubber dam. I I was so lucky. I had a lovely ES, lovely nurse, so there was no size or anything, but. As I'm getting it out, and I and I try once and I fail, I'm like, oh, I uh, try. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try a second time, and mm. then like it slips again. I'm like, oh, like forget it, you know. And it's definitely my biggest regret because I told myself going in, it's like, look, especially with rubber dam, don't be that person. Like you did really well to to make the most out of in dental school, and, and then I just lost it, you know. So um, I would recommend to everyone that if you've got that thought, you have to think because you're gonna be that kind of person. If if you even get that sort of inkling of I need to do this, I need to do that, you're either do it all in or you don't do it at all there yeah. is no in between there is no sometimes i'll be bothered to do it sometimes there's a case where you can't or do it for patient factors for the tooth factors and things like that but for the, for your sake don't let yourself be that person either go all in or, or don't
2: yeah <laughs> don't and do it's that. it's hard it is hard not to um mm-hmm. but look we all make mistakes it takes us a long time but that is what fd is all about as long as you're safe And you're doing it well it's fine like these things still happen now three years post-grad you still sometimes i can't get a clamp on or i can't get a rubber dam on it happens but next time i try it maybe i will get it on
0: Mm -hmm. and that 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 next stage then for you of your career that transition to private how how did you find that i guess in the early stages straight out of fd was there any kind of imposter syndrome discussing prices kind of not in your work enough um what what kind of environment did you walk into and did you because you're saying you worked in three practices now did you start straight away in three practices or was it one practice and then another and then another so that's yeah a of I, it's a lot of questions but
2: it's a lot of questions every single thing that i am probably everyone else has gone through imposter syndrome sets in day in day out you're always you're always thinking, was that done well enough? Or could I have, could I have tweaked X, Y, Z, especially when you go home you start scrolling through Instagram and you just see like phenomenal work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's part and parcel of the job and you've just got to try and not let it overwhelm you at the end of the day. The patient is after something that's, that's functional and something that's pain-free if it's in the back mm-hmm. and something in the front that looks, looks good. And if at the end of the appointment or, or the review, they say, you know what, I'm happy. That should that should be enough, but yeah, there's so there's so many pressures coming from social media that just makes you think. God, I just
0: yeah, am I bad. ever going to
2: get to that level? But then it's nice to look back at some of the stuff that I did in FD and think, mm-hmm. wow, you know, I've actually I have improved quite nicely, or nice. I am quicker at getting rubber dam on, or my composites. You know, I'm getting less people coming back with mm-hmm. sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So you also have to kind of look at your own journey and think, you know even if you're a final year student, how much better you were than than being a second year student. is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. In terms of transitioning to private, there's loads of things that are quite challenging. If you do jump from FD straight into private, you've got to know your limitations because people are paying quite a significant amount mm-hmm. of money to work now. And it does bring a level of pressure. So I wouldn't jump straight into doing things that you're not you're not super comfortable with, especially if you don't have that support. So my first few months were just getting the basics right, like in FD. So making sure my composites were good, making sure getting good impressions for dentures, root canals were, you know, adequately done. And then as you start to progress, you can start to do, you know, different things. Okay, I'm gonna try adhesion here because mm-hmm. I know I can do that quite well now. Or you might start taking on kind of more complex cases i'm quite fortunate that i can work alongside my boss on rehab cases and Mm -hmm. she can kind of hold my hand and and say Mm -hmm. you know this this is how things should go so you've really got to know kind of the dentist that you are at that time Mm -hmm. um it is hard to start with but again it 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 gets a lot easier Mm -hmm. and finances are still they're still hard now to talk about they Mm -hmm. really are especially when we've gone through this kind of like economic dip People, it's a, money's a little bit tight. Yeah, I think there's two, there's two aspects of it. The first is how can I justify charging 250 for a filling that might mm. take me, you know, 45 to 60 minutes? That's where I guess the imposter syndrome comes in. It's like, um, am I a bit of a fraud right now? Mm-hmm. And then you've got to remember, no, actually, you know, I've been through five years of dental school. I've done X, Y, Z postgrad mm. courses. Invested in myself. Yeah, and I'm facing something that hopefully will be lasting for. For years and years and years so overcoming that barrier was quite a challenge and talking about money it's just it's not easy is it but
1: uh-huh. mm-hmm.
2: just practice it you just gotta look the patient in the eye and say this is the fee if they challenge you you just have to say it, it's set like this you know uh-huh. if, if you're not happy with it you, you just got to go somewhere else and you learn to kind of develop that firmness which i guess i didn't have in fd mm-hmm. um and then it gets much
1: easier. That's that's massive, and we we get a, a lot of um, young dentists asking about that, and, and they ask me a lot about it because I am, you know, doing that uh, private on the side as well. And I was very fortunate. I always bring up that um, in my F T practice, my E.S. was lovely enough to send me to um, a course that she'd already bought for the practice, and and it was um, ethical sales, mm. and it was you know, it didn't come from a dentist, but the way it was said to me was exactly the way you say first of all you got to understand why you're charging that much you're charging that much first of all if if it was solely down to the struggle i went through to get to the position i am today i would be charging a lot more first of all (laughs) and then there's a lot of people they get caught up in in that sort of anxiety of is my work going to be quality enough for this but then if if you're sort of debating that then that comes to what you were saying before you have to assess that are you going to be able to provide that treatment and if if that's what you're thinking with the price that you're delivering then maybe you have to point the person the patient to to a more appropriate direction but it's exactly what you said it is a skill it's a skill that is not honed at all in dental school apart from with an angry patient but with an angry if you have an angry patient that's um you know, not paying for treatment, just wait till you get the practice and the angry patient paying a lot for treatment. It's a different ball game. And you're only going to hone that skill by talking about it. Like you said, looking at them in the eye and making mistakes. But the worst thing you can do, in my very young opinion, is start that mental maths. And before you've even said anything to the patient, you've already discounted by 50% and you haven't got an objection yet, you know. And again don't take the objection personally there's a multitude of reasons of why people can't afford the treatment right now that's absolutely fine there's other options for them albeit the nhs is in a terrible place at the moment that's not your fault it's not up to you to to hold the nhs back especially if you're in private you went out of it for a reason so there's all these reasons you have to remind yourself why you shouldn't feel guilty about charging this you're if, if you're feeling guilty my argument is that you're a proud dentist and you're providing the best quality work you can so you should be charging these prices and you just got to build up on it mm-hmm.
0: i guess another way of you being able to believe in your prices is by continuous education after dental school and that's something um i think that obviously there's so many courses to go on now and there's also um uh, equipment and stuff like that obviously everyone says get a camera get loops but what were the things or if there is anything what have you invested in and um what kind of grad courses have you um looked at doing and are there any that you've that you've done so far
2: yeah it's it's a good question um because there's so much stuff out there loops are essential Absolutely. even in dental school they're essential i remember when i got mine i won like a a Lloyd's Loop voucher, which I think they're called MyErgo Loops. And I just entered one of their Instagram comps and and I won like a £400 voucher. So I was like, oh, cool, student loan's coming in. I'll get some loops. And I think it was in third year. I can't remember, maybe even second year. And I took them into labs and people are like, what are you doing? (laughs) Who is this guy wearing loops? Um, And a lot of people say you know if you're learning with loops how are you going to ever do dentistry if you forget your loops yeah but,
1: <laughs> argument. but honestly. yeah isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. i'm saying it's it's crazy because even from for me so so you said you graduated 2021 right 21 and i graduated 2023 and since me now that's not no one laughs at that now everybody's got loops yeah. in the csl labs you know their training and everything with but, them
2: uh, yeah it, it's strange it's like you know you wouldn't send a, a plumber to to learn without his tools it's it's really unusual yeah, good point yeah uh, <laughs> and if you do forget your loops you just bend over for one day like yeah you know, yeah exactly i um, hope you don't have an endo <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. or rebook it but yeah. um, they're, they're so essential because one they'll help mm. your posture really real well, and it makes your dentistry so much better like trying to find now mm-hmm. without loops i don't know how i did it The first time when I didn't have my loops. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, recommendations on getting some, I just go to the trade shows and and try them on. I've got a really basic pair at the moment. I am looking to to upgrade at some point, but it's not really a priority right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Camera is is also essential. I wouldn't say so much as a student because the university should provide one. And I think in FD, they should provide a camera as well. It's um, not, yeah. uh, yeah. not always, uh
1: always a usable one. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have
2: a usable one, so I just thought, yeah, just same. get my own camera. Um, mm-hmm. And this, cameras are so important for so many mm-hmm. reasons. The first is obviously you can critique your own work. That's like I was showing you those pictures from from a mm-hmm. case earlier. Mm-hmm. And you can send them to other people and say, you know, how would how would you do this differently? Mm-hmm. That's so so valuable. Um, patient record keeping as well. For example, yeah. if you have someone you've said something you know for example this tooth's got a crack or this caries and they yes. say you know i'm just gonna leave it you just pop that on by their x-rays and you're sorted there and say you know i've Absolutely. had that conversation yeah referrals. really really referrals. yeah referrals really valuable for that um and uh, patient education is quite good as well um because obviously you can show them you know mm-hmm. this was the day inside this tooth this is why when you're skeptical about me doing a filling this is why I actually had to do it, yes,
1: yep,
2: and you can, you can sit them down after doing like an hour-long composite. Say <laughs> these are all the steps that I've taken. They don't care. I guess Indeed. it makes you feel <laughs> good that you've done it the right way. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's good for all those reasons, to be honest. Um, and I'm sure there's, pro- there's probably a few more. Mm-hmm. Taking pictures at the start is is hard. It's so so hard, as I'm sure you're aware. Um mm-hmm. Just don't be don't be embarrassed. That's what I tell people is. Just whip your camera out, take photos of your nurse, take photos of your partner at home, your dog, just get used to using that camera. Um, I still take dreadful pictures on patients. Sometimes I'm looking for an occlusal shot and it'll take me yeah, 15 and you'll see like a bead of sweat come down my forehead. <laughs>
0: but,
2: but the more you do it, the more it just becomes quite quite seamless. Um, and yeah, in terms of courses, so I perfed my first endo in FD, which was, was a mm-hmm. story in I was really confident <laughs> I was in the canals. And I like out loud I was saying, oh, there we go. There's it was a lower molar. and I was saying, there's one, there's two, there's three, and then I was like, oh look, there's the fourth. As <laughs> if I would found this fourth canal. And I took <laughs> the work went to PA and three had gone into the yeah. <laughs> yes, It was a nightmare. Uh, and I remember see, I, I remember panicking and sitting the patient up and just being like, look, one of the risks has happened, the tooth yeah. needs to go. So, and I wasn't going to do it that day because I was quite shook. It was first month of the FD, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, so, so so I just temporised it, sent him on his way. Didn't see him again for six months, and he came back in, and I was like, "You never came back for your extraction." And he's like, "He's like Brandon, you cured it. He's like all the pain <laughs> is gone. I'm so so happy." Um, <laughs> but essentially, I sectioned his his molar into. Two- <laughs> Premolars and, and <laughs> sent him on his way.
1: The best uh, <laughs> uh, extubation you could have done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Took everything with it. Well done. Oh, I don't, I, I don't you know, know. What? I was lucky as well. I did say it was a crown tooth, and and you know, and this time, you know, once I went in and and I was like, oh, okay, I, I think I but You can't see a thing. Yeah. There's no light going into that tooth. Mm-hmm. and this is with loops and everything and then i took a pa and yeah straight into the bone i said oh god i, I can't remember if i properly like because it was like a rushed appointment like it was one of a um it was an emergency appointment from one of the other um associates patients and, and so I, did, I was like god did i even say that i could perfect this tooth and ruin it and you can't get fixed and then you know sat her up and i said oh, unfortunately this has happened and everything and that was the thing as well came back and my yes was like oh oh i saw her again yeah it's fine she's not in pain she doesn't care I was like,
0: oh, okay, <laughs> Bye. It
1: feels like the end of the world, doesn't it, when it happens? But, oh, Ooh, like goodness. that heart, you just, it's the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah, worst I think thing. she would have
1: appreciated the honesty for a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but at least, you know, I've learned the hard way. And this is the thing, like, everyone's always worried about doing that. But every single seasoned dentist, for whatever sort of complication you're talking about, Whatever That's it what is, they say, well, you just haven't done enough. You will do a few soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry. And yeah. this won't be your last.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually puffed my second endo as well. And, uh, yeah, see? Because yeah. <laughs> I, I went too carefully. To se- I was like, it took oh, me
1: you-
2: It took me about <laughs> yeah. six weeks to build up the courage to do yeah. it again. Yes.
1: Yeah, man. And
2: I was like, I'm going to be so careful. I'm really going to open it up, make sure I can see what yeah. happened again. And, and at that point, I was like... That's it, you, like that. She's done well, for me, <laughs> not for me. Um, yeah. It brings us nicely back onto the point of what courses have you done? Yeah. And the First course I did was an endo course. Good lad. And now, and now I'm 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 comfortable enough doing yes. them. Um, yeah. And that was another thing that I did in foundation year is I asked my ES if he could send me on a course because they get heaps of money Tons. for materials and things like that. So I said, oh, yeah. I've got this course with the endo guys. I I told mm. him I perf two two teeth. <laughs> Yeah. Can you send me on it? And he was he was kind enough to
1: do so. Nice. Mm. Amazing. And so first of all, that, that's that's amazing and, and I I get a lot of messages as well from people who are like, oh like I'm doing this, doing that, or I hate this, hate that. And it's really an important message you're sending there that instead of sort of packing up the bag and being that person like I refer all my endos just get good mm. at them get mm. comfortable with them and then see if you actually don't because you actually might enjoy you just had such a terrible start to it especially with students coming in now and fd's coming in going through COVID with zero experience you don't know yet what an endo mm. is i still don't I, I did my fd on it and then now i have to go back in and relearn it you know but um, one of the main sort of rebuttals to not going into private after fd and going nhs instead would be the amount of patients you see and everyone says you you need to see loads of patients on the nhs to build up your skills and so how how do, what do you think about that especially when it comes to courses and being able to apply what you've learned on a course mm. privately
2: i think you've just got to be honest with yourself like are you going to get more out of churning through 20 patients or seeing 10 and doing it well mm-hmm. I, I know what the answer is for me yeah Churning through twenty is is not the one. It really isn't. You you're not communicating with the patient properly. You're probably not note writing properly. Yeah. The procedures you're doing are probably not good enough. Um, I, I I do know what you're saying, and I feel the people that have gone through that time in the NHS before coming becoming private, maybe they right. feel a bit aggrieved that people aren't staying in the NHS a bit longer. Mm-hmm. And saying, so, you know, well, I did five to 10 years. This should be how you do it. But you just got to do what's right for you. Like, like mm-hmm. who cares what they say? Just for me, getting an hour appointment, doing things slowly and properly was, was way more valuable than churning through people.
1: Yeah, Definitely. it makes a, a lot of Definitely. sense. And and I assume that people, because so, some people have regretted going private so early on because of that. But it's, I think especially... I mean, NHS, you get so many patients anyways, but whenever you're going to go private, I think you really got to look at where you're going mm. and what kind of patients that, that you might come yeah, across. Absolutely. But, but that's really good.
2: When you're in a job, you'll have a probation period anyway. So if you find mm-hmm. after three months it's not for you, you can move on.
0: Okay. It's fine. Didn't even know yeah. that, to be and, honest. Yeah. Just, just jumping back to investing, um, you may, you may not, but I, have you seen the, the two dentists have that big box of equipment that they've bought for themselves and um, they carry from practice to practice uh, is there anything in particular that you have apart from a camera and loops is there anything you'd recommend people to buy a composite heater specific mm. instruments uh, anything like that so, so what have they got in it oh it's ridiculous stuff um i, I can't <laughs> actually like remember but yeah it's it's basically it's,
1: clamps that they like the rubber dam sheets yeah. that they like um certain materials like edta things like that um things that they say that you can't expect your practice to have everything
2: yeah have you have you been on henry shine and seen how much these things cost
1: <laughs> yes because <laughs> my nurse did all the ordering and whenever i said oh, okay i get one of these and she looks it up and was like "Never mind. yeah <laughs>
0: yeah
2: i guess i sure. guess again it's down to the place you're working isn't it like how much sure. how much support so, you get from from yeah. your boss i think if you're working from a big chain like a booper or something like that you've got quite a good kind mm-hmm. of not unlimited but quite a good scope on the things you can get
1: yes yeah, so you get like almost like a a budget or like what's yeah. left over that's that's true yeah
2: so somewhere like that is good and mm-hmm. I'm fortunate where again I've been quite well supported in my job but there are there are things that I've just bought just because I want them mm-hmm. first is Carrie's
1: die I bought that for myself I think, I think FDs should all buy that as well oh, because it carries is so hard yeah. to identify, and yeah. especially when you're going for these crazy um, cases where you need that peripheral seal. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to be sure.
2: Hundred percent. I think it's about fifty quid, and even yeah. if you are an FD or, or a student, six, you know five six of you can chip in and share it because that bottle is going to last for
1: ages. Yeah, just one. Literally, not even a drop. You just need to dab your microbrush in it, right? Yeah, that's
2: mm-hmm. it. Um, so that's that's something yeah. I bought that was really good so camera, loops I've just, I bought little things like kind of mm-hmm. calipers to see how thick walls are mm-hmm. once I've done that yeah. which costs yep. about $3 from eBay yeah. I've got a composite heater I've got, I've got a coffee warmer Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. which again was like £20 from Amazon um, yeah. works really well to heat LA and, and to heat composite mm-hmm. so I probably will get a composite warmer at some point but that's that's done the job for yeah. now um Thermocup burrs, I don't know if you know what they are. I bought those myself. For no, gingerctomy, yeah. I found because you can reuse those, they're quite cheap. Yes. Um stickers. Stickers has been a big one for pediatric yeah. patients.
1: Nice.
2: Yeah, they love it. Um there's not a huge amount more. My box is probably only about this big. Nice. I just just I think composite brushes I bought as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Which have been which have been quite useful. Um and glycerine as well. But again, yeah. a couple of quid off of off of Amazon.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I've noticed on on your page, obviously, you do these restorative walkthroughs, which are really really great at breaking down some of these slightly more complex or foreign terms that you know a lot of us either haven't heard of or you know yeah. they, they sound very complex. How did you? Where did you learn these things? How did you teach yourself? And um, was that on Instagram? Was it just? being kind of involved in dentistry. Um, a lot of it seems kind of biomimetically based or within that kind of realm. So how did that kind of come yeah. into your to your dentistry?
2: I think the the wider circle on Instagram is unbelievable. Uh-huh. Like I use my page, one, to try and help others and, and also to learn myself. It's not really for patients. Um, so Instagram is such a good tool. Just dropping someone a DM and saying, I love that. How did you do that? Can you, uh, can you refer me to a paper or something like that? Sure. And then you just get into this like rabbit hole of learning about like DME and, and IDS and things like that. And if you start to enjoy something, you're just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. YouTube's been a really valuable tool for me as well because there are people that do like preps on there. And you mm-hmm. can obviously read about it, but watching someone actually do it is, is quite nice. Um, but yeah, Instagram by far the biggest tool, tool for learning completely agree
1: struggle with instagram
2: with what respect
1: well we sort of touched into a little bit but that whole comparison comparing yourself to what the work that you're seeing on instagram yeah Yeah,
2: i mean it's you still do now you do it every there's always going to be someone that's that's better than you especially if you're following like george the dentist or someone like that (laughs) this is seamless how's he doing this day in day out um but like I said, you've got to put that to the side. If you're doing what what's best for the patient and the patient's happy, that's kind of what matters. Um, and ju- yeah, just just try not to compare yourself to those people on there because, and also there'll be people that look up to what you do as well, which is True. quite nice because everyone is at kind of
0: different levels of their mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but yeah, it's it's a great tool. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, I just wanted to switch the conversation slightly away from pure dentistry and i know obviously you're you're a parent um you're into your fitness you do the football and captain of the football team the british dentist yeah sorry i didn't say yeah. that at
2: the start <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so how have you found balancing life with obviously trying to improve your dentistry being very passionate about it um what how, how does that tend to work yeah so it's a, it's a really
2: valid question um so yeah, just a bit on British Dentist. Kind of being being captain came because I founded it, so I kind of nice. gave myself that <laughs> that role. Uh, but, yeah, me and a friend from uni, set who's who's based.
1: Oh, in- I'm with, I'm DCT with set
2: Oh, Yeah, he's he's in he's in. He's, he's, do people know that his mum is one of the restorative
1: consultants? Yes, yeah. He's very shy about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, how's he doing? He's, he's doing great. We actually just recently started a 5v5 Ooh, no. league. So no I was wheezing my my lungs out. But he obviously did his fancy footwork and got us a nice goal and everything. Yeah, he's he's, he's doing well. We're, we're playing in Cardiff on the 21st. Yes, I heard. I'm going to come watch. Yeah, you should. It'll be good. It'll be good
2: fun. Yeah, Absolutely. So yeah, just as a plug, I think we're British really? Dentist Football on Instagram. If anyone's watching, students, hygiene therapists, any any level of dentist and wants to play, just follow us on Instagram and drop a message. It's, it's an unbelievable place to kind of mm. meet other dentists and students. It's quite a nice community. Not to talk about teeth as well, which is quite refreshing. Yes. Yeah, Probably meet up three, four times a year over a weekend kind of throughout the UK, play a game. Have a curry or whatnot, so mm. yeah, that's a good vibe. Um, in terms of juggling, I mean, it's it's hard, isn't it? Like, it really is hard. I get a lot of people messaging me about my YouTube videos, saying, you know, when are you going to do pees or when are you going to? <laughs> and my life two years ago, when I was making those videos and I had every evening free on my own, is completely yeah. different to now. Where I'm, yeah, you know, I'm putting the baby to bed and then kind of just slumping down on the sofa. Yeah. You've also got to keep your wife happy at the same time. And as much as she loves my passion for teeth, she's like, you know, sometimes it's a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a busy life, but you just got to make time for it. What kind of what's your priorities and big time you know, ram it all in?
1: Yeah. I, 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 I mean, you're a thousand times busier than me, but one of my New Year's resolution is why I empathize with you because I I literally said to dissociate with work I'm just like put teeth on and I'm freaking on a Friday evening recording a podcast. Yeah, I mean, it,
2: I don't I don't see this as like a Friday night as being an unhealthy obsession though because I enjoy talking about it, which is quite nice. Um, I think you guys have. Can you hear me?
0: Uh huh.
2: Oh, yeah, I've got you back. I've got you back. Yeah, so it's it's no. quite nice to talk about it. I'm beating myself. Um, but but yeah, I, so one of the things I did in my private job was, one of the things I said to myself is, I'm not going to work five-day week. Mm. And that was quite important. So I do Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday and Friday, and that's been the case since the start. No, I, I think- don't feel like I haven't developed as much because I'm not doing five days. If anything, mm. it's better because it's allowed me to do I do a course one month on a Wednesday, uh one Wednesday a month. Nice. I do treatment planning on Wednesdays. Spend time with the family on on Wednesdays, which is I've got a really nice work life balance at the moment. Nice. Again, that's Lovely. something you're thinking about going back into, going straight into work. You know, do you want to be the person that works four or five or or six days? And and for me, yeah. four is good.
1: Yeah, big time.
0: Amazing. Yeah, and you've spoke about kind of that you spoke about how you kind of came back from dealing with the, the perforations early in fd and you kept at it and and that but um, obviously you know we all fuck up basically make mistakes but i say you know after that more recently say something just goes wrong in dentistry and you have a bad day you have some tough patients or um you do a deep margin elevation that doesn't quite go to plan how much does that affect you mentally does it affect you mentally is that have you got any techniques or anything you do to kind of get back on it again or does it do you tend not to can you brush it off and just you know understand that it's it's a complication of the job and it's difficult yeah
2: do you know what i used to be quite stubborn and think it's not it's not going to affect me but Mm -hmm. it, it definitely does you i mean i don't know about you guys I find myself myself up a little bit about things like I was doing Mm -hmm. a a really tough molar end the other day and I Mm -hmm. fruded by about 0.5 millimeters. And I was like, you know, shit, have I wronged the patient? Like, (laughs) of course I haven't. He's in a much better place now than he was two hours ago. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to get that out of your head. And I Mm -hmm. I do kind of carry that through the day and into the nighttime. Mm -hmm. And if you've got someone to talk to, like, even if I'm just talking to my wife, she's not really listening uh-huh. kind of brings per- it back into perspective and just say, you know, look, you've done your best for that patient. Yes. They're probably going to be in a better place now than they were yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a doctor. So obviously she deals with a lot more kind of life and death things. And she, at the end of it, she says, look, it's just the yeah. tooth. <laughs> and you have to think that it's, we've got 32 of them. Like it is just the tooth. Yeah. Um, So it's hard, but if you've got someone to talk to, to debrief, even if it's just on Instagram,
1: then Mm -hmm. then that helps me quite a lot. That's massive. And that's why I I always sort of tell myself and tell my friends, you know, be very careful in putting your self-worth in dentistry because it's not an exact science. It's gonna go wrong. If it goes wrong, either, you know, it was hard to deal with or you made a mistake or you were just the person that it was inevitably gonna go wrong with like a tooth that's always gonna fracture. Um, either of those reasons are okay. Yeah. You consent for a reason and things yeah. go wrong. You're doing yourself and your rest of your patients a, distur- a, a disservice by carrying that weight with you. Yeah.
2: It, it's hard. It is hard. Like, I don't know about you guys when I was FD, particularly I would take on a lot of their problems as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. And say someone comes in carries everywhere or, or perio or it wasn't getting any better. I'd be like, well, that's my problem. But actually mm-hmm. it's, it's there they have to take ownership for their mouth yeah. mm-hmm. you can only work with what you've got and and things inevitably do go wrong and like you said that's why we consent them mm-hmm. you just got sort to of kind of take that experience and say well why did i fuck that up how can i then not do that in the future was it a problem with me or was it just something that was you know bound to happen
0: mm-hmm. definitely and that, that I think that's... talking about like that talking about your, you issues at work is why I enjoy doing this podcast so much because usually if we don't have a guest me and Cena, we just sit here and reflect on our week basically and we say you know what went well what didn't go well what have we learned any kind of light bulb moments yeah. um, and one thing we also tend to do is sh- that, that type of thing share that um, reflection of that past week so what when we do have guests on I always like to ask, has there been in this past week or recently been a, a light bulb moment in your dentistry or anything that you've kind of gone back and reflected on, something that you've learnt new, something that's gone well, something that's gone particularly wrongly that other people could learn from? Um, oh. That's a really hard <laughs> on-the-spot question. Sorry, wife's just walked in. <laughs> right. yeah.
2: We won't be much longer. Um, no. You all right? Get out. Get
1: out. <laughs> get her on we have been talking actually we
2: have saying just obviously what you do versus what I did is just the tooth Now she's out no why (laughs) go out go out go out go out go out out. Um, (laughs) she's saying I need to eat she can eat in a minute yeah yeah we'll be done we'll be wrapping up
1: say shut the door say please shut the door Please shut the door
2: just getting the dog out now. You can leave people. <laughs>
1: the dog can stay <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the dog, dog can
0: stay. Um So yeah, what were we saying? Is, oh, what, what's been a light bulb moment this week? Or like reflection, or anything that you've kind of learned? Like, or the you know something went well, something didn't go well. Any treatment well, yeah, you did? All the podcast a bit earlier in the day.
2: Interrupted. <laughs>
0: <So, laughs> um, <laughs> uh,
2: in terms of what hasn't gone well, obviously I showed you a case earlier
0: for mm-hmm.
2: so the people who hopefully are still listening. Um, had a really deep margin and it was quite a challenge. It took me multiple times getting a matrix band on and I thought I'd sealed it, taken nice pictures to kind of reflect and show that. Then I took a post-op x-ray and showed that either it's not sealed very well or I've missed some kind of decay. Um, so... That's something that didn't go well. And I've sent that to my boss who's who's going to give me feedback on that and um, kind of tell me how I can improve that. Things that go well, I mean, DME is something that I've been working on quite a lot recently is taking a tooth that perhaps someone else would say is not savable. Mm-hmm. Can I get a lot more time out of that? And yeah, that's something that I've had good successes with. Something that's really changed recently is I've tried not to stress if a matrix band doesn't work or if a rubber dam doesn't work very well, I will just change it and I will try again and I will try again. And I've had it recently where if it is not working, I will just temporize it. Uh-huh. I will send the away and I would say, come back at another time, find a clear head and we'll, we'll have another crack at it. So that's just taking, I guess slowing down a little bit has really helped rather than yeah. thinking, you know, if you can't get the matrix band on for the 10th time, does this patient think that I'm useless? Especially because they can see like the reflection in the light of me, like fumbling things around, <laughs> <a while. laughs> and then saying, "Actually, no, this is just a really challenging situation." Challenging, yes, and taking a step mm-hmm. back and go, I'll either try another time or or just persevere a little bit
0: here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice insight. Definitely, lovely. Any any other questions, Cena? Any other thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Oh uh, no, I, oh, brother, I've. I've been following you for a while now and it's, and sort of when we spoke at the start it was absolutely insane to me how much of a recent graduate you were and and it's i can see from your posts and again i always say this i really only follow people that i can see are down to earth realistic dentists that have nice reflections and actually help i like i look at your post and like adam was saying you do such a good breakdown that make me feel like i can do this too and um, it, was such, it was so lovely talking to you as well, and uh, very inspirational. I, I Wait, think. do I follow you back? I don't know. I'm not gonna because <laughs> because you might hurt my feelings. You got a consultation. <laughs> I do. I do. It's Doctor G. I'll pop you. A, I'll pop you. A- oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. Pop you. I'm sure. Oh, thanks, mate. Your profile just turquoise or something. Yes, um, that's the one, mate. <laughs> it's good. To, it's good to put a face to um to pick. Uh,
0: yes, I know. Yeah.
2: Because you go, you, you go to these um, these like networking things, and yes. <laughs> and then you'll see someone, and someone will be like, "Oh, you're that person on Instagram." Yeah. You're you're like, oh. Or you'll know someone that you've spoken to, and you'll be like, Do "They know who I am," uh, which is quite
1: exactly, amazing. yeah. But it's been so lovely, man. I feel like that that time flew by. So it would be lovely to have you back earlier in the day if if we ever could, because I feel like there's so much more we can talk about. Yeah, it was Definitely. good. Really
2: appreciate. It. Definitely.
0: Always no okay, guys. So um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you to Brandon once again for giving up his his Friday evening that he could be spending with his with his wife and his child yeah, to thank spend you, with Mrs. us. So, yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mrs. Brandon as well. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sure you found it insightful. I found it really insightful. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.